Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 12 and about the three promises of the Abrahamic covenant to make Abraham's offspring become a great nation, to bless Abraham with possessions, and to make Abraham's name great. Now, we ask for your continued prayers for the Summer Blitz Jewish Evangelism Outreach that's going across America right now, reaching over 700,000 lost Jewish doors in 15 Jewish cities in the U.S. and Canada with 111 missionaries. And we've already seen Jewish people make professions of faith in Jesus Christ and start to follow their new Messiah and Savior. We want to bring some of those testimonies to in the coming weeks as this program goes on through August 3rd of this year called the Summer Blitz. Again, we give out gospel materials to lost Jewish people. And the Jewish people have been held in Satan's bounds long enough. And Tom Cantor, our teacher, wants to stop these trains that are going to a Christless Auschwitz that are rolling out unobstructed, which have gone out long enough. And Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries believes there's got to be a group of believers in the Lord Jesus Christ who will stand up and say, no, never again will a Jewish soul slip into a Christless eternity. And that all believers who have some part in the summer blitz are those believers who are going out and reaching lost Jewish people before they get on those trains to a lost eternal holocaust. And you, if you're supporting that program, are helping that. And we want to thank you for your prayers and your financial support. We want you to continue to get more involved by getting our updates. You can sign up for the updates online at friendshipwithgod.org with your email, friendshipwithgod.org. Sign up and get these updates on lost Jewish people and our evangelism campaign called the Summer Blitz. We need your prayers so that we can reach lost Jewish people before the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. We also need your support. You can support us by calling 800-247-3051-800-247-3051-800-247-3051 and support us with a donation of any amount or a one-time donation at friendshipwithgod.org. Now here is Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher, teaching us from Genesis chapter 12 on the Abrahamic covenant and the promises that God gave Abraham. And he and his wife were past childbearing years. It's over. He could not see how God was going to bless him. He's a poor man. He has nothing. Whatever he took with him out of Ur of the Chaldees is not even worth mentioning in the verse 31 of 11. So he could not see how God was going to make his name great. He was a nobody. He wasn't even a poor citizen of where he was going. He was a poor unknown alien, a refugee, a stranger in a strange land. So, you see, Abraham, this is, because this, is the, this is the place, this is the point in his life which the Scripture focuses on. So you see him there, and he's considering these three promises of God. And there's no indication, by the way, that Abraham told anyone, there's no indication he even told his wife about the three promises that God made to him. You know, there, there was a lot of things Abraham didn't tell his wife, especially when they took off for that walk to go kill their son. Uh, that was for sure he didn't tell his wife that. Anyway, he doesn't tell anybody about these three promises. He keeps them to himself. And, you know, he's silent about it, you know, unlike Joseph. <laughs> Joseph, on the, he's told God promises him that he would see his father and his brothers bow down to him. So what does Joseph do? He tells them right away. Got him in a lot of trouble, Joseph, too, anyway. But Abraham doesn't do this. He doesn't tell anyone, and he doesn't say, you know what? God promised me that my offspring's going to become a great nation. Doesn't tell people. God promised he's going to bless me, so I'll be rich. Doesn't tell him. God promised he's going to make me great. I'll be great and famous. Doesn't tell him. He just keeps these, these promises to himself. And if you freeze that picture of Abraham alone, 
considering the three promises that God gave to him, discussing it with no one, you know, not, not having the discussion, well, what do you think? How do you think God's going to do it? No. And then just picture Abraham smiling as he decides to believe God. He decides that these things are going to happen because God said so. And so he has these three promises, and he's, he's kind of like at this crossroads with these three promises here. Very, very important part of his life. He's in Ur of the Chaldees. And he's either going to go down one road, which is believe that God is going to make good on these three promises, and that's the road of belief, or the other road of unbelief is that he's not going to believe God that he's going to make good on these three promises. And so we see Abraham in this place here, and he makes this decision, he turns with this decisiveness, and he turns his back on the road of unbelief, and he goes down the road of belief. Now this is the course of Abraham. And it's at this point that Abraham's life and the decision that he's made to believe God, this is the pivotal point in the life of Abraham. This is what made Abraham Abraham in the scriptures. It's the pivotal point. And we start to understand the course of Abraham. The cor- what's the course of Abraham? The course of Abraham is that it is what Abraham did at this point in his life. Abraham believed what was hard to believe. That's a good description. Keep that in your mind about Abraham. Abraham believed what was hard to believe. That's what he did. And Abraham, in other words, he believed the unbelievable. In other words, this is what the scripture means. He saw uh, things that were unseen, afar off. He understood the understandable. That's for sure not a word. Anyway, but he saw the what God was saying without any sight of the how. He saw the what without seeing the how. How was Abraham able to do this? Because Abraham knew the who behind those three promises to him. He knew it was God who made those promises to him, and he knew it was the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't know him by that name. He knew him by the name of Jehovah, but he knew that he was the great one who had made these three promises. And he didn't know the how part, but he didn't need to know the how part in order to believe the three promises. He didn't need to know how God was going to pull this off. He didn't know how God was going to make these, this happen. He didn't know how God, and it didn't matter to Abraham. The how didn't matter. Now that's what faith is. That's what faith is. Faith is knowing that God will make good on his promises without knowing how God is going to make good on his promises. And the more we don't know how God is going to make good on his promises, but we believe God to make good, that's the more faith that we have. And that's why at the Creation Museum that we don't focus on how God created, but we focus on the who that God created. Because creation is a matter of faith when you get right down to it. That's what it says in Hebrews 11.3. It says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So faith is believing the unbelievable. It's seeing the unseen. It's understanding the ununderstandable. And faith is being so impressed with the who made these promises that it makes knowing the how he's going to do it not in any way a basis for believing if he's going to do it or not. It's believing the who without understanding the how. It's not what the, cor- what the course that the Pharisees took. The Pharisees did not take this course. When they came to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
They said these words in, in Mark 15, 32. Let Christ, the King of the Jews, descend now from the cross that we may, and here's the important order of what they said, that we may see and believe. See, that's what they said, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. So their course was we have to see before we believe. That's not the course that Abraham took. The course that Abraham took was what the Lord Jesus Christ said uh, before he raised Lazarus in John eleven forty, when Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, number one, thou should see, number two. See, reversed order, the glory of God. So what was this course Abraham took to believe and see? Well, Abraham did that. He believed and he saw. And God wants us to see and focus on Abraham doing that. Now, that's why God calls Abraham the father of faith. And that's why God calls every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ a child of Abraham or Abraham as their father. Now, please turn, if you would, to Romans 4, discussion about this. Romans 4. And uh, we'll start at verse 16, Romans 4, 16. That's saying about Abraham and the others that if their minds were full of this world, then they might very well have fallen back away from God, fallen back into sin. See, that's very well could have happened. And if you freeze that picture of Abraham alone, considering the three promises that God gave to him, discussing it with no one, You know, not having the discussion, well, what do you think? How do you think God's going to do it? No. And then just picture Abraham smiling as he decides to believe God. He decides that these things are going to happen because God said so. All of Romans 4 is about Abraham. But Romans 4.16, it says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise that be assured to all the seed, not only to them which is of the law, but also to them which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness." Now, first notice in verse 16 how we have these two words which are together, faith and grace. They're linked. Faith and grace. Grace is the opposite of works. As explained to us in Romans eleven six, 6, it says, if by grace, then no more works. No more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. If by works, it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God in just a moment. We'd like to give you an offer for a donation of $40 or more. We'll send you Tom Cantor's Frequently Asked Questions book that includes his testimony written, as well as prophecy and fulfillments of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Jewish Messiah. It's a great combination book, and his DVD life story will give you both of these materials 
which are actually the materials we give out to lost Jewish people in our Summer Blitz campaign. So you'll get a copy of these materials sent to you for a donation of $40 or more. And that donation that you give us will help support this Bible teaching radio program staying on the air and also the gospel going out to Jewish people. So send your donation of $40 or more into Friendship with God. We will send you these materials from Tom Cantor. You can call us now at 800-247-3051. Now here again is Tom Cantor. So grace and works, they cancel each other. They're, They're like opposites. One cancels out the other. So they don't go together, grace and works. If grace, if it's grace, then it's not works. If it's works, then it's not grace. One excludes the other. That's why our salvation is based on grace and not works, as it says in 2 Timothy 1.9, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. So works is linked with seeing the how. Works is linked with seeing the how. For example, God's first promise to Abraham was to make his offspring a great nation. And so, this is what Abraham did not do. But if, if, if Abraham had said, okay, I can see, I already have some children, which he didn't. And that's how I will work on having a lot more children. And Or maybe Abraham would have said, I can see that I can go to this fertility clinic. I don't know if they had fertility clinics. They might have had. And become fertile. And so I'll go there, Sarah will go there, and we'll work on having a lot of children. <laughs> and so if he did took this course, then he could say, so then I can see now how through my works, God will make me a great nation. And that way, I will achieve God's promise to make me a great nation. Or if Abraham had said, okay, God's second promise is to bless me with uh, possessions. And so I can see that I already have a respectable amount of possessions, which he didn't. But anyway, when he was leaving her, the Chaldees. And so then you say, I will work on using what I have. I'll do some buying and some selling and some profiteering, and I'll get a large amount of possessions. Or he might have said, I'll go into gambling, (laughs) double or nothing. And And that's how I'll work on getting wealth. See? And then he would say, so then I can see how through my works God is going to bless me with possessions, and in that way I will achieve God's promise to bless me with possessions. Okay? Now, last one, God's third promise to Abraham is he, say, he would say, God's third promise to me is to make my name great. And so I can see that I'm already a little famous, which he wasn't. But anyway, he might have said, I'll go into politics, (laughs) make lots of speeches, get a big following, and I'll work on becoming famous. And then I can see how through my works, God will make my name great. And in that way, I will achieve God's promise to make my name great. See? So the pattern, this pattern here of these if situations, which didn't happen, if these if situations, this was not the course that Abraham went down. The course of Abraham was not to see what I have. It was not to work with what I have. It's not to see how through my works that I can achieve God's promises. That's not the course of belief in the ability of God. That's the course in believing in the ability of self. That's not the course of faith because the course of faith does not see how. That course is the course of seeing how before moving. And that's not the course of the grace of God. That's the course of self-achievement. 
And it's not the course that leads to the glory of God either. That's the course that leads to the glory of flesh. And God said in 1 Corinthians 1.29, no flesh is going to glory in his presence because it's written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So that's the wrong course to try. That's the wrong course. It's not the right course. It's the wrong course. It's the wrong course to try to get to heaven by. It's the wrong course. Like my rabbi friend called me on his way back from New York. I may have told you this. He said he had attended a Chabad conference. And so I said, oh, what was the conference on the Chabad conference? And he said, we learned how to be better Jews. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And so I said, how did you learn how to be a better Jew, you know? (laughs) He gets circumcised twice or what? Anyway, so he said, how do you learn to become a better Jew? Okay, so uh, he says, well, we learned how to do more works is what he's talking about. Works, 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 works. How to get to heaven. Trying to get to heaven by good works. That's believing in the ability of myself to work my way into heaven. To see how to get to heaven through my good works, to rely on self-achievement of gaining heaven through works, through my good works. And in the end, it's to hope that somehow God is going to give out a report card. It says pass on it. And somehow God's going to say, congratulations, based on your good works, I confer to you the status of righteous. See, it's never going to happen. Never going to happen because that's the course of good works. It will never happen. And that way, is dis- which seems right, is described in Proverbs 14, 12, where Solomon said, there is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It's an absolute catastrophe and disaster, that course of works. God's course to get to heaven is exactly the opposite of that. It's the course of Abraham, where Abraham to believes in the ability of God, not in the ability of self. To understand by faith rather than seeing how I can do this. To rely on the grace of God rather than on self-achievement. That's why it says about our salvation in Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through faith. Now, in uh, Romans 4.16, how the course of Abraham is described as the faith of Abraham. And to follow that same course is to have Abraham be the father of us all. So you see how verse 17 speaks about God's first promise to Abraham when it says, I'll make him a father of many nations. And we see in the last part of that verse how Abraham was just taken up with him who he believed. And what was, what was Abraham really taken up with about God? This ability of God, God who quickens the dead, he speaks about. God who makes the dead alive again. And it reminds us how the Lord Jesus Christ, he stood, as we mentioned a little earlier, at the grave of Lazarus, and he cries from John eleven forty three. he cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And it says, and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, his face bound with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, loose him, let him go. Reminds us of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, where Paul speaks about in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried. Those two are always linked together. Died and buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Acts 13.30, God raised him from the dead. So then, at the end of verse 17, there's this wonderful description of God as the one who calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's what it says. I think of those three times in Genesis 1 during creation week, 
When God said, let there be, at first he said, let there be light, there was light, Genesis 1-3. Then he said, let there be a firmament, or a sky, heaven, in the midst of the waters, divide the waters from the waters. And the third was in Genesis 1-14, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven, divide a day from the night, and let them be for signs of seasons, for days and, and years. Now, imagine if there was just a little bit of time, just a little bit of time between the let there be part and there was part. Just a little bit of time. Just enough time for an angel to hear him say, let there be light, and then the angel says, what's light? <laughs> it's never been there before, you know. Or let there be a firmament, and the angel says, what's a firmament? A Jewish angel, see. And let there be stars. And they said, what's the stars? You know. But he calls those things as if they were that are not. For that's, that's who God is. And so in verse 18, 19, and 20, Abraham, because he has this belief in God who is able to do this, who does this, he's described as standing against. And this tide is described here. as a tide of against hope. He believed in hope. This tide of he considering, he had to consciously consider not his own body, which is described as dead as far as fertility goes. And uh, he was a hundred years old, it says there in Hebrews. He's a hundred years old. Now, anybody remember how old Abraham was when he left Ur of the Chaldees? It was in our passage we read this morning, verse 3. It was how old? 75. Abraham was 75 when he was there. And, and it says here in Hebrews that he was a hundred years old. So, and remember, when Genesis 12, 1 starts, it, just, it says the Lord had said unto Abraham and gives him these promises. That means that God gave these three promises to Abraham before he left Ur at least 25 years before. That was part of the trial of it all. But in Hebrews 11, at the end of 19, verse 19, we see that in order for Abraham to be strong in faith, he had to also not consider not only his own body, but the deadness of Sarah's womb. In fact, there's so much that he had to stand against of these promises that the normal person would have just staggered. It would have just caused him to lose his balance. And that's a graphic description that God wants us to know, that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. As unlikely as it appeared to him, he stood firm in faith. And what was the proof that he was standing? Or what work did he do, if you want to call it a work? He gave glory to God. He praised God. He spent time thanking God that he was going to make of him a great nation and bless him and make his name great. How was a childless man able to thank God for promising that he would become a great nation? How was a poor man able to thank God for promising he would become rich? How was an unknown man able to thank God that he was going to become famous? The answer is verse 21. Abraham was fully, 100%, persuaded that he, what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Verse 22 says that when God saw all this confidence that Abraham had in God. Then God, in essence, when he saw that, you could picture God pointing his fingers and he said, I impute to you righteousness. And he gives him. He says, that's the righteousness of faith. That's the term, the righteousness of faith. The special righteousness, which is described also in this chapter of Romans 4, 13, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. That's Abraham. That's the picture of Abraham. That's who he was. That's what he was like. 
he was a man who had tremendous confidence in God and that overshadowed any questions that he might have had about how God was going to do it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Abraham. Thank you, Lord, for recording all this about Abraham so that we can look to him and say, we want to be children of Abraham. We, Lord, gladly take Abraham as our father. We understand who he was and what he did and why he is the father of faith. And we want him to be, Lord, our example. So help us this morning to see him that way and to follow him. In Jesus' name, amen. Another great week of studying the Bible and improving our friendship with God here with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, if you'd like all of Tom Cantor's messages, now he's been on radio for several years now. He's got 770 messages that we've got in one resource with MP3 teachings and digital format copies that you can listen to anytime you want to grow and increase your friendship with God and learning and understanding of the Bible. Now, these 770 messages are available in one resource and your donation of $500 helps to support this Bible teaching radio program as well as Jewish evangelism through Israel Restoration Ministries. But you also get, again, 770 messages from Tom Cantor that you can listen to, an exhaustive resource that is definitely worth the donation that will support this Bible teaching radio program staying on the air as well as the gospel going to Jewish people. For a $500 donation, get 770 of Tom Cantor's messages by calling us at 800 800- 247 800 You can also donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also make a donation of $40 or more. We'll send you our resource we've been mentioning of Tom Cantor's Frequently Asked Questions combo book and his DVD life story. 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051.